you wonder what happened in sports today, Brandon Petrilli, he got the wave. We talking a lot with bros today. Cracking some jokes in the podcast way. Goals on goals. Where homers on homers. Tutties on tutties. Got moments on moments. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into Petrilli. On the road to victory, it is a victory Monday here. You are listening to the BSP podcast. I am Brendan Petrilli. It's been a minute since we've recorded since the Sixers lost in the playoffs this summer. Been busy, you know, trying to find a job. Finally got one at my high school, LaSalle College High School. Really appreciative. Be working, uh, covering some football games and uh, soccer games as we move forward here into the fall and winter for them. So make sure you go check out their social media pages and go follow mine too and see what's going on in the high school sports atmosphere there. But hey, enough of that. Moving on here. We are at a victory Monday. Like we said, the Philadelphia Eagles go out and absolutely dominate week one here against the Atlanta Falcons. Absolutely dominate. And it caught, I think, just about everybody by surprise by how much they won. And how convincing it was. I thought the Eagles were going to win this game 100%. I've, I've been real down on them this offseason. You know, because you got the whole brand new, you get bringing a whole new coach. You got the uh, second year QB here going into his fifth game ever in the NFL. Uh, uh, you know, second round pick a little bit. Kind of was up and down at the end of last year. Whole new scheme, whole new coaching staff. Uh, really young on the offense, and I was real down on them. I was looking, you know, right where Vegas was at with six wins on the year. But, hey, man, this win is absolutely huge. It is huge for a young football team like this Philadelphia Eagles squad to come out and win 32-6 to on the road week one of the first week of the NFL season. And we're going to dive into just about everything where I was just taking notes the whole game, thinking about all the <laughs> Just how crazy it was how Nick Sirianni comes out his first press conference and he botched it bad. Brandon Graham kind of alluded to it in one of his press conferences. He was like, Nick kind of knew that he got caught up in that moment and he's been wanting to prove everybody wrong. And man, week one, it's a great statement for him to come out and show that he's not just some slouch that'll mumble over words and he doesn't know how to coach football. He came out and he showed that he was hiding some tricks up his sleeve this preseason. He didn't want to show it all. He said he didn't want to. And, man, did he do an absolutely great job scheming up, guys. And it was real refreshing, honestly. You know, because I'm saying I, I was around six wins on the year. Now, I mean, I still don't think that they're going to be – it doesn't boost my confidence that much yet. It is week one. And I do think that Atlanta Falcons team is going to be very, very bad this year. But, hey, granted – the past couple of years now, these past couple of Eagles teams, they come out and you play that bad football team. Those first two drives where the Falcons ran the ball down their throat, they were moving, and they stopped them at the six-yard line and the 10 for two field goals off the bat there where they could have been down 14 nothing, But their defense sh- like shaped up, shut them down, 
and kept that Eagles football team to let them get into the groove offensively. And man, did they find that groove fast and in a hurry and throughout the whole game. And where Eagles teams in the past would have just like faulted and they they would have won that game maybe 24-17 and a close one at the end of the game. But not today. They came out and dominated from the get-go and just really were able to make adjustments and just put it on them. They did not let up. And that's what I'm most impressed about here where they just came out. The defensive line, they were struggling out the gate. And they come back and they get three sacks. I mean, the last three drives for the Falcons, they had no chance at all. I, you felt bad for Matt Ryan because he, he was able to dink and dunk, get the ball out quick. But once that secondary kind of shored up, they knew what they were doing. Credit to the defensive coordinator in Gannon where they were able to use a little bit of that zone pressure. Darius Slay made a couple great plays, cutting down on routes, and gave the defensive line a chance just to go out and dominate that bad offensive line for the Falcons. I mean, BG had a couple monster plays just breaking through, guys. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway got a sack. Javon Hargrave finally healthy and be able to show why he got that big deal last year and gets two sacks by himself. Fletcher Cox, man, absolutely. You know, he doesn't show on the stat sheet. Came out a bit slow to start, but he turned it on in that second half and really why was why the rest of that defensive line was able to get after him and just absolutely dominate and put pressure on Matt Ryan the whole second half. I mean, absolutely crazy. The tackling was a bit shaky out the gate, too, for the Eagles, but they shored that up right away. No big plays. I mean, you you were waiting for a touchdown pass to Calvin Ridley all game or Kyle Pitts, big plays. And that defense really locked down and just shut them down the rest of the game where, you know, last year, man, you keep thinking the Eagles got a chance, they got a chance, and then they just shoot themselves in the foot over and over again. But this team was able to bounce back when they did get penalties, which were a lot in this game for both sides. But they were able to bounce back, recover. And that's what I think you just saw how how much fun these guys were having again. Last year, everybody's kind of going through the motions. Everybody's kind of like, we're getting there, this and that. These guys came out. They're making plays. They're dancing. Dude, the defensive line after the one sack in the in the fourth quarter, everybody gets up after the sack and gives that kick down the door in sync. Absolutely badass. I saw that. I was like, this team is ready to rock and roll. They're confident. Now, granted, it, it is week one. I am still very hesitant on them because they do have a very tough schedule moving forward here. As you got the 49ers, you got Dallas, you got the reigning Super Bowl champions, you got Kansas City. So it's going to be tough moving forward here. But that's a great first sign week one. I mean, because this young core that they have on offense came out to play. Jalen Hurts was able to show that he worked on his passing ability, his accuracy. He did have a couple underthrown balls, you know, but the touchdown throw to Goddard, which I was so impressed was his poise in the pocket, you know, able to step up. The running backs, Miles Sanders and Gainwell, I mean, we'll get to them in a minute, but they did an absolutely amazing job picking up blitzes for him. He was able to step up, slide to his right, slide to his left, keep his eyes downfield and just throw bullets to his guys. Now, great, he did have a couple bad throws. You know, the one play to Zach Ertz that everybody wants to talk about where he, he did not catch that ball. But, you know, veteran play by Goddard to get to the line, say, let's go, let's get it off. 
Um, and that just kind of shows the, defic- the deficiencies that the Falcons are going to have this year with their new head coach, too, where they're learning there. But for them to take advantage, to scheme guys open, you had wide receivers that looked competent this year. You know, you bring in Devontae Smith with the 12th overall pick in the NFL draft, or 10th, sorry, 10th pick. And he looked like that Heisman Award winner last year for Alabama, where he was open all day, every day. He catches the ball smooth, effortlessly. And you're like, you could just see the confidence oozing out of him, where he's like, I know that I can be one of the best players in the NFL. And he went out and did it with 72 yards on four catches. I mean, him and Hertz have such a great potential to be able to grow together now through the next, who knows? I mean, looking through this season here where they can go and, and and really learn each other. And Nick Sirianni has really helped that where he schemed it open. They said in their press conference, you know, Devontae goes, once we saw the coverage that we wanted, I knew it was a touchdown right away. Ertz with the professional little rub play gets Devontae open and Hurts just drops it in the bucket for an easy 18-yard touchdown for the first touchdown of the game. Devontae, you know, first of his career, hopefully long and awesome career here for the Eagles. Um, And then after that, Goddard, man, he really stepped up and showed how he's going to take over as that number one tight end. Uh, You know, four catches, 42 yards, and that one awesome touchdown catch and throw uh, at the end of the second quarter to give the Eagles a 14-6 lead. He showed where, you know, my dad and I always joke about, you know, no, no yak Zach. Uh, Zachers is notorious, uh, other than the Super Bowl, for getting shut down right after he catches the ball. Never break any tackles. Not got it, though, bro. That dude is a beast. You know, he's not up there with Kelsey, or I'm not saying that Kittle. I'm not saying that at all. But he is right below that, that next tier. He's in that B tier down there where he can go and just bully guys. He catches the ball. He'll run you over. You saw it where he caught the ball about the three or four, had three guys on him, dragging. He kind of reached for the end zone, which is a big no-no. You heard the the legend Greg Olson talk about it on the broadcast, but to the awareness to get out of bounds there where that saved the timeout, that saved time on the clock for them to eventually get him the ball for the touchdown at the end of the, the first half. Uh, I mean... Oh, my God, Lamar Jackson. Sorry, I'm watching the Monday Night Football game right now as we are recording this year. But Lamar almost broke out of an amazing sack attempt, but he did go to the ground. But anyway, back on track here where this young core with Nick Sirianni, you just saw where they were all on the same page. He was scheming up guys. They get the the wide receiver screen the Jalen Rager. I mean, it was pretty much almost junk time at that point, but the execution to get everybody involved. I mean, you had what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys have three catches or more. I mean, absolutely awesome. And everybody is 25 or younger other than Ertz. I mean, that is just absolutely awesome to see. And have this team grow together through the next couple years with this brand new young rookie head coach. And it's going to be fun to watch. They're definitely going to go through some growing pains here, but with this offensive line, they are, they can be, you know what? Screw it. They are going to be the best offensive line 
in the NFL this year. Granted, they got to stay healthy. That's been their biggest thing the past five years. Brooks will go down. Lane Johnson will go down. Kelsey, he's been the mainstay there in the middle. He's always been able to fight through those injuries. But Sayamalu kind of comes in and out. Now you got Jordan Mailata there with the big brand new deal. The, he's going to be with the Eagles through 2025 on that $80 million deal. I've been telling everybody, all my friends, you know, hashtag prop love. The guy's an absolute stud of an athlete. And he showed through camp and he showed this week one how much of an absolute beast he is. I mean, people want to talk, oh, he's only had 10 games in his career. Just the talent alone, where they came from, the seventh-round pick, never playing football. Jeff Stoutland did an amazing job grooming him, sitting under Jason Peters, thankfully the Hall of Famer, who's been trying to fight through the rest of his career here out with the Bears, who got hurt Sunday night. I mean, hopefully he's okay, but they were able to grow Mylotta into this absolute stud to get this big deal here now. And to hopefully, you know, be a perennial pro bowler, all pro, I mean, and just be a mainstay there at left tackle for the next 10, 15 years for the Eagles here. Because he's only 24. I mean, absolutely crazy of an evolution where, you know, that's what I've been saying. Rugby players are the best athletes out there. Don't fact check me. It's just facts. All right. Because this guy is a stud. You saw it on the Jalen Rager wide receiver screen where he just absolutely crushed that cornerback. He just went he went from zero to one hundred and just took out that poor guy <laughs> and pancaked him out on the side. I mean just his speed, versatility, his strength his, at six eight, three eighty. I mean the guy is an absolute beast and it's so much fun to watch this offensive line work. Now that being said, they were able to really get back to running the football and which made this offense so dynamic because Hertz, I mean, he only had, uh, wow, he had a sneaky 62 yards rushing, seven attempts. That's what was pretty amazing where you didn't really notice him scrambling. You know, like in the past, you saw it with Carson or with him last year, they were bouncing around and then they would just take off right away. You know, if nothing was there, they'd go. Hertz was able to be composed from what I was saying before, be composed in that pocket, move around, keep his eyes down the field. And then when he had to, he took off and he knew when to get down. He was sliding, getting out of bounds. And I was like, you're, you know, you're literally sitting there. All right, slide, slide, slide. Because that's what's going to help him develop in his career where he does have that extra asset and in his legs to be a, such a dynamic runner as long with that arm. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say it was a sneaky 62 yards on the ground because you really never saw you know, that consistent where he was just going, going, going. He was keeping his eyes downfield, hitting his guys, spreading it out all around the field. I mean, the RPOs were on point. They were just moving the ball, and that's a big credit to Sirianni. And it was a good breath of fresh air, honestly, where last year was so stale on offense. I mean, you love Doug Peterson. I, I, I didn't think he should have been gone at the end of last year. But, man, watching – the offense actually have life behind it. And you see Hertz and Devante and Rager and all the guys handshaking it with him on the sidelines after touchdowns. They got the handshakes with Sirianni. I mean, this team, the defense is making plays. They're all getting their, their celebrations in. It's going to be a tough road, but they have an absolute awesome competitive and positive vibe for this start of this season. 
And I'm actually, I am, I was, as I said at the beginning, as I've been trying to talk myself into this team being good. And I'm like, who knows? Week one, this helped a lot. I'm not quite there all in yet, but man, was it fun to watch. Now, I mean, as we're, t- uh, man. And the thing was, they just kept their foot on their necks and just did not let the Falcons have any breathing room at all. And hopefully that continues here as you move in to next week against the 49ers now at home, home opener. The 49ers are a very good football team now. As we'll move in to some more of these NFL week one games here, we'll touch on each game as we move here. So let's get into that 49ers and Detroit Lions football game, which was absolutely electric down the stretch there, where that Dan Campbell Lions team did not quit. They got an onside kick. They got a couple touchdowns, two-point conversions, and able to bring it back from 41 to 33. Shout-out Super Bowl 52, uh, if you know what I'm saying. But, yeah, this this 49ers team came absolutely 24 points in the second quarter. And after that third quarter, only seven, and then only three points in the fourth. They let up off the gas watching it on red zone. I mean, they were scoring, scoring, scoring. Debo Samuel was absolutely on fire. He had a fumble late in the game, which helped spark that Lions comeback. But their defense is amazing. But you saw where they can get hurt, where, you know, you had a Lions team led by Jared Goff throw for 338 yards and three touchdowns. DeAndre Swift, you know, was was chopping them up. I didn't even talk about the Eagles running backs. I totally forgot about them and that young core there with Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity where that defense that was supposed to be very good, they lose two very key pieces now. And Jason Verrett, the cornerback, and the running back, uh, Raheem Mostert, with both with knee injuries, and they're going to be on the IR for quite – a long time. I think Verrett's done for the year and Mostert might be back around week eight or so I was looking at. So I don't, I'm going to give some picks out on Friday. So keep an eye out for another podcast later in the week where I'll give you some gambling advice because, you know, I, I went, I broke even this weekend. All right. Hey, that's what all as a gambler, that's all you can ask for. You know, you bet within your means, and if you break even, you break even. I was so close to a couple parlays hitting uh, one leg of these parlays on the Eagles game where I had Miles Sanders for a touchdown. Yeah, I hit a couple other things, and then all I needed was Sanders to get a touchdown. And they go down the field 75 yards, and Kenny Gainwell just comes in there after Sanders gets him down there and just steals that touchdown for Miles Sanders. I'm like, oh, man. But it is what it is. And then I had another one uh, last night, Sunday Night Football, where all I needed was a touchdown from Daryl Mooney. So, I mean, hey, I'm feeling it. Keep an eye out for the picks later coming on Friday, Friday morning here. Uh, we're going to we're gonna make some money this weekend. We're due. We are right there, and we're locked in for this NFL season. But let's keep going with more of these games here. We got to talk Colts versus the Seahawks. My boy Carson, I mean – I don't even know what to say, man. Same old Carson, you know. You're listening to sports talk radio here in Philadelphia, and everybody's ragging on him, you know. Oh, same old Carson, this and that. 
uh, they, people are saying, you know, Colts people, are, I've never seen the offensive line play this bad ever, you know, and people like Eagles, people are like, oh, yeah, I wonder why that is, you know, it's Carson's fault. Now, uh, I'm not going to defend Carson, but I'm going to make an excuse for him. He had the foot injury at the beginning of the year coming into a new team. That put him out. It's a miracle that he played, honestly. I thought he was going to be – everybody thought he was going to be done for the year. You know, they're saying eight weeks. He's back in two. You know, that that takes a lot of reps away with that brand-new squad. Uh, didn't play in the preseason at all. And then he had the COVID issues where he was a close contact. I mean, whether it's his fault or not, that why that's an issue, 100%, I would agree with that. But he hasn't had the reps. So I'm going to let Carson figure it out with this new squad, settle in, and – you know, they have a very good team in Indianapolis. They just need to, Frank Wright needs to figure it out and draw it up a little bit better for Carson there, where he did back with the Eagles. So I'm willing to give Carson a chance, but the Seahawks, man, they let Russ cook, and they let Russ cook often. I mean, the guy's just throwing bombs left and right. DK Metcalf was, you know, a no-show for three quarters of this game, and then all of a sudden he comes, he finishes the game with four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, Tyler Lockett, four catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Russell Wilson just does it again. I mean, I thought they were going to take a big step back here where you, you forget, you know. Russell Wilson wanted out. He he was very disgruntled this offseason. It was overshadowed by Aaron Rodgers, big time, you know, Aaron, uh, with his whole deal with the Packers. And nobody talked about Russell Wilson wanting out. But he's like, I want offensive linemen. You know, I, I want a little bit more help on the run game. Uh, what's going on with the defense now? We used to have the Legion of Boom, but now we let so many guys go. Now, granted, some of that's because of his big contract, but that's what it, the nature of the beast in the NFL. But the guy just still knows how to absolutely ball out. Now, he's done this the past three years where he just absolutely lights it up in the beginning of the season. Um, but he only had to throw the ball 23 times. 18 for 23, 254, four touchdowns. Sacked three times, so we'll have to see the longevity here of that success. But against a very good defense in the Indianapolis Colts, week one on the road in Indy. You know, I listen to the Pat McAfee show every once in a while. He's hyping Indy up. We're winning the Super Bowl. We're going to compete with the Bills and, you know, KC and the like this year in the AFC. And they came out late at dud, but the Seahawks, they put it on them early early in this game and the Colts just weren't able to catch up. You know, they were down 21, nothing by the halftime or 21, 10 at halftime. Uh, Russell Wilson just absolutely comes out, just throws the ball in the bucket. And it's going to be interesting to see with that NFC West, where you got the 49ers, you got the Seahawks, you got the Rams. Like they have one of the toughest divisions. I think it's going to be the toughest division in football again, as it's been for the past couple of years. And whether the Seahawks can outlast that, I don't think so. I don't think they have enough on the ground game or the offensive line where it's going to be cooking and people are just going to let Russ cook and their defense isn't going to be able to stop anybody. So the Seahawks are going to be an interesting team moving forward here where they're definitely going to falter because of that very tough division now let's move into another game here one of the best of week one there's two that we're going to talk about here and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers taking down the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo an absolutely boring game for most of it here 
but you ended up seeing you ended up seeing the uh the Steelers get a big play on special teams uh special teams block punt return for a touchdown which just absolutely turned the tide and their defense suffocated the perennial the MVP favorite Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills where he's getting sacked left and right TJ Watt gets that huge deal right before the season starts and you know Josh Allen just got sacked three times strip sack from TJ Watt they weren't really able Singletary was the only one able to really run the ball you know 72 yards but they weren't able to throw the ball down the field like they were with Stefan Diggs last year uh, they still were able to get you know decent yardage but they weren't able to get through in that red zone and that's why the coaches always talk about how it is three phases always three phases of football, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. And that's really what the huge turnaround of this game was. Big Ben making an amazing throw, dropping it in the bucket, just like he did in the Super Bowl years ago to Santonio Holmes on the back left corner of that end zone. And Deontay Johnson making a heck of a toe-tap catch. And then you had the block punt, and they just weren't able to get that offense going down the field afterwards. And people are writing the Bills, are not the Bills, the Steelers off a little bit, you know, they started undefeated. I think it was like 11 and 0 last year. And then they lose in the first round of the playoffs to the Browns, you know, and everybody's thinking, all right, maybe that's going to, they're going to downgrade a little bit. They're going to drop. They're not going to be able to be that same team. They were last year. They've lost a lot of momentum. Big Ben's gotten a year older, but they come out and they beat the bills on the road in Buffalo, where the fans were back in full force for the first time out there where everybody raves about them, but the Steelers went in and they beat them at home. I give the Steelers a lot of credit. Big Ben didn't really do much, which is just insane. You know, I mean, 18 for 32, 180, 188, one passing touchdown. It was just really that defense that helped them get there. And you kind of forgot, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick's there. TJ Watt was disgruntled. You didn't know what was going to be going on with him. Uh, but they came out. They balled out. Credit to the Steelers. I, the Bills are going to be fine, obviously. I, anybody pressing the panic button on them, I think, are crazy. Uh, Josh Allen, maybe you got a little bit of that rust after he got his huge contract extension over this offseason. But they'll find their rhythm. I think the Bills really need to – they had to throw the ball 51 times. I mean, that's what their issue was last year where I was talking to uh, some of my rugby friends, you know, that are big Bills fans. I'm like, Josh Allen ran for it. You know, he had his nine rushes, rushing attempts himself. I told – they had to get a running back, and they didn't. You only have Singletary. I mean, Brita, but they only gave him four carries. You can't just put it all on his arm. 51 times, that's insane. That's going to be their biggest downfall this year is figuring out that rushing attack to help balance out that offense a little bit where you saw the Steelers just dropping back, rushing for and getting to them. And that because the coverage was just so great, Josh Allen couldn't get the ball anywhere. So the Bills are going to be fine. Steelers, man, they jump high, high in the power rankings after week one. Now let's move into the absolutely electric other game of the weekend, and that was the Cleveland Browns going up with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, man, what can the Browns do? They are 0-3 against Patty Mahomes the past three years, and they've played him so well, so well this game. They come out, 
and they get up to that early what was it 20 24 or uh, uh 22 to 10 lead on them they had a couple two different i believe 12 point leads but they were just inevitable they had a bad muffed punt by Cleveland that really turned what we were talking about that last game Buffalo and and the Steelers where special teams can play a huge game where the teams are so evenly matched is just who gets that lucky break on special teams and in both games you saw where whoever got it ends up coming out on top with the Chiefs coming out winning this game 33 to 29 in a very closely contested game where they the Man, I really like this Browns team where Baker throws 21 for 28, 321, no passing touchdowns, which is just insane. One pick because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are an absolutely electric duo. You know, Chubb 15 for 83, Hunt uh, Hunt then had uh, 6 for 33. They both had a touchdown. Uh, Chubb had two. Jarvis Landry had the reverse, uh, the sweep, jet sweep play for a touchdown in the red zone there, stole a touchdown from either one of them for all you fantasy people. But Baker spread the ball out to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different players on that offensive side. Everybody having almost 20 yards or more except for Donovan Peoples-Jones. So that that offense can be electric, but so is Kansas City. So is Patrick Mahomes, and he is inevitable. 27 for 36, 337. You heard him today in his press conference. They're like, Pat, have you heard the meme? Uh, about, you know, Tyreek Hill's out there. You know, fuck it, I'm just going to sling it up there. He's like, yeah, honestly, it'd be like that sometimes, which is just awesome to hear from him. Just be like, yeah, I'm rolling out. I'm trying to make plays, and I'm just going to chuck it up there. He's a small guy, but he's fast. And if you can get the ball in his hands, he'll take that any day of the week where you get Tyreek Hill 11 for 197 and a touchdown. I mean, the 75-yard pass to him. He makes the catch, and once you get him in space, it's so tough to bring him down. He's so slippery and so strong for being such a small guy. Uh, It's hard to get on him. He gives you a little bit of a stiff arm there. You're off balance because you're trying to catch up to him, stay with him, and then he's gone. You know, And then you have guys like Travis Kelsey, who's just an absolute horse. Six catches for 76 yards and two touchdowns. This team's going to be hard to stop, especially when the Browns give them everything they got in that first half and even th- through three, three quarters, you know? And that's probably the, the best that the Browns are going to be able to throw at Kansas City. But what stinks here is I just realized that I've been talking for the last 15 minutes and my recording stopped as I was diving more deeper into the rest of the NFL games here. So we're going to try to pick it up. You know, now that was a little practice, so hopefully my takes are a little bit better here for the games, the rest of the games. But, you know, the Dolphins take down the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Tua Tunga-Vailoa gets a big win under his belt. That last year, you might have saw they bring Fitzmagic in because he was struggling uh, 16 for 27, 202. They weren't – the thing that they got to do, they, they got to be able to throw the ball down the field. For them to succeed, Tua needs to get more comfortable in throwing that ball down the field. Not very a lot of explosive plays there, and the run game was not exactly what they wanted. You know, they had a bunch of guys. What five different guys had carries, but nobody more than ten uh, rushing attempts. Nobody more than fifty yards. So their biggest thing is helping Tua out 
they got to scheme him just like what the Eagles did for Jalen Hurts this past week one. They need to to get him in his comfort zone where he can really uh, thrive and be able to be that Tua that was with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, on the other side of it, Mac Jones looked very confident. They just weren't on, like him and his receivers, they just weren't on the same page quite yet. Not quite yet. They're still building that chemistry where this New England Patriots team, they lose by a point here, 17-16. to 16. But you can see them really making a run for it and being competitive. And they're not going to be that Super Bowl contender right now. I don't I don't believe so this year. But they will they will get back there. They will be they're not going to be that five win team that they were last year. And Mac Jones, man, yeah, you hate to see that New England's got another QB for their for their future, but Mac Jones looks like he's going to be very good for a very long time, sadly. Um but now let's move in uh, the next game here. Let's talk uh, a bit about the Washington football team. They lose their QB, Ryan Fitzpatrick, an absolute shame. He's going to be out for, I don't know, six, six to eight weeks, I believe, I saw today with a hip subflection. Uh, it's an absolute shame where you, you saw him be so electric down in Miami last year coming in in replace of Tua that you thought that a lot of people picked that Washington football team to win the NFC beast this year because of him to have a steady QB play there. But now you got to have Taylor Heineke in there. Maybe they bring in Cam Newton. Who knows? That's a lot of the rumors right now, but we'll see where that moves forward throughout the next week or so. But they got a big game here where they go down to the Los Angeles Chargers, 20-16. to I mean, this is credit to the Chargers here where they finally get guys healthy, Ingram, Bosa, Derwin, James healthy on defense, where they showed that they can, granted against a backup QB and Tyler Heineke, but you know you saw him be very competitive against the Super Bowl champions in the first round of the playoffs last year in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this, this would have been a game last year where they had seven games of seven points or fewer where they lost last year, this Chargers team. And if that team was playing in this game this year, uh, they would have lost this game 100% of the time. With the new head coach, Herbert, another year under his belt, they, they were able to bear down, fight through some of the issues they were having, getting into the red zone, trying to put up points, and able to get that touchdown early in the fourth quarter and just kind of run out the clock. I believe they had four minutes left on the clock in the fourth quarter where they just got for a couple big third-down conversions and finished out that game. Big win there for the Chargers. It's going to be tough to see what happens here for the football team as their defense is ready to go. They are an elite defense because, you know, holding this Chargers offense, they gave them yards, but only 20 points to show for it. Very impressive. And their D-line wasn't even that crazy. They only had, I don't even think they had a sack. Um, they did not record a sack. So, I mean, that just goes to show that this team uh, – one, uh, two sacks, I'm sorry – but, you know, Montez Sweat really wasn't a big a factor. Uh, Chase, he, he was getting after him a bit, putting some – he had four pressures on the day. So, But the rest of that defense needs to catch up a little bit and wake up for this team as they're trying to wait out Fitzmagic coming back. And hopefully Heine, – I mean, I don't, I don't want hopefully as an Eagles fan, but uh, if they're able to put it together with the veteran head coach and Ron Rivera. But now that's going to be an interesting matchup here next Thursday night where you got – you got them going up against 
the New York football giants who go down badly, badly to the Denver Broncos where they go and lose this game 27 to 13. The Broncos are just a solid team. They're a solid team, top to bottom, good defense. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he's nothing crazy. 28 for 36, 264, two touchdowns, no picks. That's what you get from Teddy Bridgewater. You know, that is steady Teddy. You know, he gets the job done. Uh, And it was just a big part of this game was they were able to run the ball and their defense dominated the Giants. I mean, this Giants team, I, I have a couple friends, you know, big Giants fans talking to them like, dude, what do you think about this team? And they're like, that was one of the most embarrassing games that we've had at home against the Broncos where they just flat out couldn't do anything on offense. They had a, uh, you know, Daniel Jones had a rushing touchdown with no time left on the clock in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, this game should have been, what, 27, uh, what, yeah, 27-7 at the end of this game. The, they got absolutely killed. They were embarrassed. Some of them are saying they should have tanked for Tua last year. I mean, New York – if this game Thursday night against the Washington football team, they could blow up if they lose to a backup in Taylor Heineke, and it could get ugly up there in New York, which I am totally down for to watch play out. Hope you know I've seen my Eagles blow up the past couple years, uh, the past year here, and it's nice to see another team in the division have that for a change. So you know, we'll see where that all leads moving forward. But let's get into another game here as we wrap up this episode of the BSP podcast. And let's talk about this, the Bears and the Rams. I mean, this game, Sunday night football, Bears kind of were hanging in there a little bit for a little. But that Rams offense is too good. The Bears defense, it's a shame because you finally get decent QB play out of Andy Dalton. You know, he was solid, solid, you know, but – He's not going to win you football games, especially when your defense is giving up 30-plus points. He's going to get you that 14 to 21 points in the game, and that's a, that's a lot if you're asking for him. You know, He threw 27 to 38, 206, no touchdowns, one pick, sacked three times. I mean, David Montgomery ran the ball 16 times for 108 yards. They looked okay. The Bears team looked fine. But going up against an elite team like this Rams, where they got playmakers all over the place, Matt Stafford, his first game, comes out, throws an absolute bomb to start the game. And then just finding in rhythm with Cooper Cup and Higby and Woods. They even got Deshaun Jackson on the team now. They just have too much. Their defense was able just to collapse on the Bears by the end. And this Rams team is going to be very, very, very good moving forward. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see uh, what goes on, as I was talking earlier, out in that NFC West division. But that Rams team is ready to make a push. It was a big question to see if Matt Stafford can be the guy that he was where he had no pressure on him in Detroit, where he could just go out there, put up stats, but, you know, they're going to lose game at the end of the day. Now he has all the pressure to win and see if that talent is, is there and if he's a winner. And this team's going to give him his chance. Good start for him so far. We're going to have to see what happens with the Bears here where, you know, they finally, if they're going to make that move to Justin Fields, he gets his first touchdown, rushing touchdown um, in the of his career. They kind of flirted him in there a couple times, you know, but they eventually just kept going back to Andy. He was good, reliable, but 
to, to be teams like the Rams putting up high scoring points, Andy's not the guy to get it done. And you can see, hear a lot of that from the Bears fans and their disappointment. Now, I'm going to be wrapping it up here on this episode of the BSP Podcast. I want to thank everybody out there for listening. I mean, absolutely electric week one. Football's back, baby. Victory uh, Victory Monday, well, Victory Tuesday, I guess you're listening to this here. Uh, I'm watching as I'm recording this now. The Ravens are up 14 to nothing on the Raiders here with four minutes left. Derek Carr's at the 14-yard line on third and two, moving down the field, trying to score before the half, so... We'll update that game, probably talk about it on Friday. Make sure you come back Friday for another episode. We're going to you know, preview a bit of this Eagles game, talk about the Thursday night football game with the Giants and the Washington football team. That's going to tell a lot where this is going to go moving forward here, what happens in the NFC beast. Um, but for sure, I'm also going to give out my picks. I'm going to give out a can't-lose parlay. You know, I've been so close. I was so close to a couple of these games, you know, missing on one leg of the parlay. So we're ready. We're right there. We are locked in. We're going to hit a couple of these. So make sure you stay tuned for next week. Go follow me on Instagram. Uh, I just got on TikTok too. So I'm, I'm going to try to make some TikToks and stuff like that. We'll, you know, dabble into it a little bit. We'll see how that goes. But uh, for sure, check me out on all the social medias, Twitter and everything. Um, I have a lot of fun with it. The Eagles, man. It's going to be interesting. I'm trying not to get my hopes up. I, you know, I said at the beginning, uh, very down on them this year, but they're making me talk my way into it. You know, making me inch my way. If they come out this next Sunday night, uh, Sunday against at home against the 49ers and dominate, it's going to be exciting moving forward here for sure. It's going to give you a lot more life. So we'll see where this goes. Thank you everybody for listening. You know, check us. Uh, follow me on socials. Um, like, and subscribe to the podcast, get five stars. You know, if you have any ideas you want me to talk about, if anybody, you know, wants to come on and talk with me, feel free to reach out hundred percent. It's always more fun to have on people and talk, you know, everybody, you know, oh, come on, come on. And then once you go text people and they're like, oh, I can't make it, blah, blah, blah. It is what it is, but I hope everybody enjoyed it. Me rambling a little bit, I, but I think I gave a lot of good insight. All right. Thanks, everybody, again so much. Shout out to the 215, and go birds, baby.